Why does the world hate the gospel? It hates the gospel because Jesus said, The thief cometh for nothing but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. And we live in a culture that doesn't even value life. We live in a culture where thousands of unborn babies are killed every day in the name of health care, in the name of human rights. Because we don't value life. But Jesus said, not only do I value life, I am the life. If you have your Bibles with you, if you would turn to the book of John, chapter 3, and um, we will open, we will open quickly with a word of prayer, and then we will begin our message today from the book of John, chapter 3. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful to be here today. And we are grateful for the gospel of our Lord Jesus. We thank you that in, like the hymn writer said of old, tell me the old, old story. And then, he said, and then there was another um, song that talked about, tell me the story of Jesus. That it's just as important for those of us who have known you as it is for those who have yet to know you. That it doesn't get old. That when we get to glory, we will still be telling the old, old story. Because it's only through his work, through his redemptive sacrifice for us, that we can even attempt to approach the gates of heaven. But I thank you, Lord, that that day on Calvary, when Jesus said, into thy hands I commend my spirit, after he had said, it is finished, the veil of the temple was torn, the way to the Father was given. Jesus told us, no man comes to the Father except through me, and no one comes to me except the Father draws him, Lord. And we thank you for both of these truths. We pray that you would bless the remainder of this time together, that your word would accomplish that which you have for it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, um, my introduction... Uh, comes from the book of Proverbs. I wonder if there is a um, gentleman among us that would please turn to Proverbs chapter 23, verses 17 and 18. Proverbs chapter 23, 17 and 18. If you get there, if you could stand and read it for us, I would very much appreciate that. Thank you. 
tell us for the fear of the Lord all the day. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. Even in the Old Testament book of Proverbs, we see this declaration. And we see it in the definitive. The, God, the Bible always speaks in the definitive article. It does not say in this passage, surely there may be a hereafter. Surely I was thinking one night as I lay on my bed that there might be a hereafter. No, it says surely there is a hereafter. And if you're prepared for it, your expectation will not be cut off. What did Paul say? He said, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. And now there is given to me a crown of life, which the Lord will give not to me, but also to everyone who loves his appearing. Paul had a sure and certain hope that the things that he had done on this earth would be rewarded by a God who promised to do these things. We serve a promise keeping God. And as we look at John chapter 3, we will see that outlined for us. I have three points today, if you're taking notes. The first one is the need for salvation. We're going to look at three different aspects of salvation. And the first point is the need for salvation. So let's start reading in John chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 8. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it lifteth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whether it cometh and whether it goeth. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. In this first section... Nicodemus is coming to Jesus because he says, I know that you are of God because no one could do these miracles that you do except God were with him. I find it very interesting that the, some of the religious leaders accused him of casting out devils by the prince of devils. But Nicodemus here says the only way that you could do the things that you do as if you came from God. And then in, ver in, chapter th in verse 3, we have the quintessential, most important answer that we need in life. 
Jesus makes the declarative statement, no ifs, ands, or buts, no exceptions, no clauses. He says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. So if you, if you hear someone say that there's another way, bring them to John chapter 3. Because there is no other way. You know, some of the world religions, they say that the Bible is a great book. But they say, here, take this book, the Book of Mormon. It gives us, a, it gives us more about God. I read a book by a Mormon once, and they said they were going to quote from the Bible and the Book of Mormon. And... They quoted about 80% from the Book of Mormon and about 20% from the Bible. They elevated the Book of Mormon, which they try to sell the world on the fact that it is an, ex an extra book. They elevated it above the Holy Word of God. My friends, it's all about Jesus. You know, our culture will talk about God... Until they're blue in the face. But the minute you bring up the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, the world wants to silence you. Why? Jesus said it to his disciples. He said, the world hated me before it hated you. So if it hates you, don't be surprised. If the world persecutes you for my sake, rejoice that you are counted worthy to be persecuted. And we are getting to a place in our culture where physical persecution may not be far off. The world hates the gospel. Why does the world hate the gospel? It hates the gospel because Jesus said, The thief cometh for nothing but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. And we live in a culture that doesn't even value life. We live in a culture where thousands of unborn babies are killed every day in the name of health care, in the name of human rights. Because we don't value life. But Jesus said, not only do I value life, I am the life. And that's what he's saying to Nicodemus here. He lays it out very clearly. He says, you must be born of water and of the Spirit. When are you born of water? You're born of water when your mom gave birth to you. And then you're born of the Spirit on that day. When Jesus finally got through to you. And he reached down and he said, I want you for my precious possession. And you bowed the knee before Almighty God. That was the day that you were born of the Spirit. The Bible says that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It's a guarantee that the promises that God has made to us have both been fulfilled and they will be fulfilled. One day He's coming for us. We don't know when, but He is. And we can live in hope because of that. 
Paul said, if it, if it was just that Jesus died for us, we would be of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead. And that's why he's able to write at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So we have the need for salvation. The only way that we can get to heaven, the only way we can be right before God is to be born again. Someone can look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 21 to 24. Ephesians 4, 21 to 24. Someone gets there once again, please stand and read it for us. heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness just 24. So we have an old man that we're commanded to put off so that we can put on the new man. The chapter 3 of Colossians is all about putting off and putting on. Why is that important? Because if you put off and you don't put on, then as Jesus said, if, you, if there's a demon in your house and you cast it out and you sweep it clean, but you don't add anything good in its place, then he's going to go and he's going to bring his friends and he's going to say, I found a clean place where we can inhabit. And then the state of you will be worse than it was at the first. So the putting off is a prerequisite, but then the putting on is necessary it is said that the Duke of Norfolk, once tipsy, hiccuped to a drunken friend in the gutter. My dear friend, I can't help you out, but I'll do better. I'll lay down by your side. The only way to help a man out of sin is to be on the solid rock, Christ Jesus, above him, and to help him up to the rock. Don't go down into the gutter with him. We have a whole culture of people that profess to be Christians and they think that the way to have mercy on our unbelieving brothers and sisters is to go down in the gutter with them. To say that it's okay to live in a way that's anathema to the Lord Jesus Christ. No, we need to bring them up. We need to help them see how they can have their feet planted on the solid rock instead of in the mire of sin. That is our responsibility. Our second point today is the means of salvation. We talked about the need for salvation. Now let's talk about the means. Verses 9 through 17, Nicodemus answered unto him and said, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto them, Him art thou a minister of Israel, and knowest not these things. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know and testify that we have what we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how then sh shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man, that man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, 
which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And there's just a few things I want to pull out of here. First of all, Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, you know, you want me to tell you these spiritual things, but you don't even understand the earthly thing. But then he goes goes and he says, he talks about the only one that but no man ascended into heaven, but one came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And of course, he's talking about himself. And then he references Moses lifting up the, the, the serpent in the wilderness. Remember, the people had sinned against God, and God sent a plague upon them, and these deadly snakes, and Moses lifts up this rod, and... God says, look and live. He doesn't say, touch the rod. He doesn't say, bow down and worship the rod. He says, look and live. And that's the same thing that Jesus says to you today. Look and live. That's the same thing that we need to say to our neighbors and friends. Look and live. Looking to Jesus makes all the difference in the world. And then we see these familiar verses for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. I think that's an important thing that we need to pray for the blind of the world to understand. So many people think that Christians are out to condemn The reality is that the world is condemned already. They just don't realize it. You know, the the Pharisees said, you are, you are in, Jesus said you're in bondage. And, and, And they said, we're in bondage to no man, even though their whole history was one of bondage. When Jesus was standing there with them, they were in bondage to Rome. Whether it was Nebuchadnezzar, whether it was, different rulers and judges, or whether it was in Egypt. They've been in bondage their whole life, and yet they said they were in bondage to no man. That's the way the the lost man looks at their life. They're not in bondage to anyone. But God sent his son to save the world. And for those who accept it, we can be saved. He promised us that we would be. Again, definitive article. He says, Whosoever believeth shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the God with whom we have to do. And I'm so thankful for that. A man want to trust in his own merit for salvation dream one night that he was occupied with the task of constructing a ladder which was to reach from earth to heaven. 
Whenever the dreamer did a good deed, the ladder went up, and occasionally when an extra good act was performed, the progress toward the skies was correspondingly accelerated. So in the course of years, the ladder passed out of sight of the earth, clear up into the clouds. But at last, when the competent builder was about to step off the topmost rung onto the floor of heaven, a voice cried out, He that climbeth up some other way is a thief and a robber. Down came the ladder with a crash. The startled dreamer awoke. He had learned his lesson. He saw that he must get salvation from Jesus Christ, for his own self-righteousness was inadequate to fulfill the whole law of God, and it availeth not. There is only one way of sure interest into the fold of God, and that is by the atoning merit of him who said, I am the door. The cost of rejecting salvation is our third and final point today, and we find that in uh, Roman or John three eighteen to twenty one. I did want to make reference to one of my cross references, which is Proverbs thirty verse four. If you look there, you'll find that the writer of Proverbs talks about the name of God and the name of his son. So even the writer of Proverbs had an idea given by the Spirit of God that God had a son and that they created the world together. The book of John says in the first chapter, nothing was made without him. That him being the word made flesh, Jesus Christ. Imagine that he was nailed to the cross by the hands of Roman soldiers that he created. John chapter 3, verses 18 and 21. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth the truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So there's two choices. Either you come to the Lord and believe on him and are not condemned, or you don't believe on him and you're condemned already. There is no fence in the kingdom of God. So if you thought you were sitting on an invisible fence, wondering whether to jump from one side to the other, may I encourage you to believe on him. The Philippian jailer asked the question, what must I do to be saved? And Paul simply said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Again, definitive article. Not thou might be saved. Not, I think if you try hard enough, you'll be saved. Thou shalt be saved. And I can tell you from personal experience that when I was a young boy, I struggled a lot with the fact that God had put me in a wheelchair. And even after I came to salvation in the Lord Jesus, I still struggled with it because I was like, God... 
If you really cared, you would have given me a healthy body so that I could serve you with everything I had. And it took nine years of fighting with the Lord before he got through to me with the story of Moses. Moses said this, I cannot go, Lord. Send someone else, anyone else. And God said to Moses, Who has made man, man's mouth? Have not I the Lord? And he said the same thing to me when I was a teenager. He said, I made you. He said, go, and I will tell you what to say. And ever since that time, as a teenager of about 14 years old, I've been on a journey of trying to share the truth and the hope of Jesus with as many people as I can. Do I fail? Yes. But God does not. And he is always faithful to do what he says he will do. And he told me from the time I was a young boy that he who is who has begun a good work in me will be faithful to complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that the same thing will be said of you. That God will be faithful to you to complete what he's done in your life. And that if he hasn't started anything in your life, Paul says, today is the day of salvation. So may I urge you to find what I have found. Shackled by a heavy burden Neath the load of guilt and shame Then the hand of Jesus touched me touched me 
and made me whole. Lord, I know that I am not physically healed, but I know that the day is coming when this corruptible will put on incorruption and this mortal will put on immortality and I will kneel before the Lord Jesus and will say to him, Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord, I pray for everyone here today that they would be here, be there on that day when all is made right, when pain is gone, when every tear is wiped from our eyes. And now, Lord, as we uh, share a, a meal of fellowship, Lord, I just pray that you would bless us, help us to encourage one another, and build us up. And Lord, if there would be anyone here who does not yet know you, Lord, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation, and that they would call upon the name of the Lord while he is near, seek him while he may be found. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.